Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to another episode of STF Solos. In this series, either Connor Gillen or I will sit down to discuss a pressing issue in the NBA without our partner. We are currently in the second week of a new year, 2020, so in this episode, I'll be giving New Year's resolutions for every NBA team. Some will be focused on the rest of the season, and some will be focused on the offseason, but each of these goals should help the team improve by 2021. We're starting off with the Atlanta Hawks. For them, my advice would be don't rush to win right now with Trey Young. He has already come out this season and requested that the front office make big moves to acquire star players that would help the Hawks win right now. At the time of recording this video, the Hawks are 8-31, the worst record in the NBA. No matter what moves they make, they're not going to be good by the end of the 2019-2020 season, and they're definitely not making the playoffs. I personally think that the Hawks are far better off remaining patient instead of trading young guys like John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, or Cam Reddish for maybe a win-now piece like Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond has a player option next year worth $29 million, and following that he will be a free agent and will want his bag. Even if they acquire a piece that will help them win a few more games this season, he could be a huge burden on their cap space moving forward and could be hard to keep. The Boston Celtics desperately need a rim protector for this year's playoffs, but they can't afford to give up a key piece of their lineup to trade for one. As much as I would like to say that Taco Fall is the answer, the Celtics are definitely going to need something better to protect the paint against Giannis, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, or even DeMontis Sabonis. The defense and rebounding that Andre Drummond or Miles Turner could bring to the Celtics would be invaluable but they have to be cautious about not upsetting the offensive balance they have found this season. In 2020, the Brooklyn Nets need to establish how Kyrie fits. In the 11 games that Kyrie Irving has played, he's been having a career year. But while he's been out, Spencer Dinwiddie has been putting together an all-star campaign. As a score-first guy, Kyrie also receives a lot of criticism for the way that he runs an offense. Before they introduce one of the greatest scorers of all time in Kevin Durant into the offense next season, the Nets are going to need to make sure that all of their guys are on the same page as Kyrie Irving this year. At the tail end of 2019, the Charlotte Hornets figured out that Devontae Graham is a guy worth building their team around. If the Hornets believe that Devontae Graham can be the cornerstone of their franchise down the line, they need to start putting pieces around him in 2020. Although he is only a second-year NBA player, Devontae Graham is already 24 years old, and a homegrown playoff team doesn't sprout up overnight. For a team that I expected to compete for the 8th seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs this year, the Chicago Bulls' 13-26 and start has been very surprising. They seem to have all the pieces they would need to win this season, but their guys are not on the same page. My guess is that those problems are rooted in head coach Jim Boylan. His contract ends this season, but I don't think he deserves to make it that long. In 2020, I hope that the Bulls will fire their coach. Similarly, the Cleveland Cavaliers head coach John Bylin has been causing far too much news with his locker room antics. The recent slugs versus thugs comment has caused a rift among the players, and Kevin Love had already expressed his frustrations before that. I'm not sure what the solution is, but the most immediate problem facing the Cavs in 2020 is their coaching situation. Courtney Lee is currently only averaging 8 minutes per game on the Dallas Mavericks, and he has a $12 million expiring contract. 
That is a very tradable contract that the Dallas Mavericks could use to acquire a wing to pair with Luka Doncic's hot start. Consistent viewers of this channel will know that I predicted that Nikola Jokic would win MVP this season. Jokic's recent 47-8-5 game, as well as his numerous buzzer beaters, show that he clearly has the scoring ability, but he's always hesitant to use it. His effective field goal percentage is over 55%, and he is clearly the best player on the team, but he doesn't like to show it. We all know that he's one of the best passing big men of all time, but he rarely looks for his own shot, instead choosing to pass to one of his teammates. The Nuggets currently have 26 wins and are second in the Western Conference, so it clearly isn't hurting them that much, but I would like to see Jokic become more aggressive offensively, especially for this year's playoffs. Being able to rely on Nikola Jokic to take over a game with his scoring every once in a while could help the Nuggets make the jump from a great regular season team to an NBA championship contender. It has become apparent recently that the Detroit Pistons are selling, especially Andre Drummond, and I just hope that they acquire some youth and some picks in return. I've already named a couple of teams that are buying centers, especially those who can play defense and rebound, so I hope the Detroit Pistons will survey their options carefully and choose to pull the trigger on the trade that will give them the most value for their future. The Golden State Warriors were hit hard by injuries in 2019, but if they stay patient in 2020, I'm sure they will be ready to compete again by 2021. If they use this year to retool slowly and draft wisely in the lottery, they could be all set for another championship run. The Houston Rockets won't have to worry about the Golden State Warriors in this year's playoffs, but they will probably have to match up against the Lakers or the Clippers. A wing with some combination of playoff experience, defense, and three-point shooting like Andre Iguodala or Robert Covington is exactly what the Houston Rockets might need to take down one of those teams. By the end of 2020, I'm rooting for the Indiana Pacers to reunite the three Holiday brothers. They already have Aaron and Justin, but the best of the three, Drew, is still out there on the trade market. The three-headed guard monster of Malcolm Brogdon, Victor Oladipo, and Drew Holiday when they're all healthy would be absolutely lethal. Drew Holiday will probably be a hot commodity before the trade deadline, but so will Miles Turner. Regardless, I'm looking forward to see what the Pacers can do with Victor Oladipo back. In my opinion, the LA Clippers are the team that is most well-equipped to win the NBA championship in 2020. Their play and their roster are both incredibly solid, but they need to keep their guys healthy and well-rested. The whole Clippers roster playing at 100% capacity should beat any team in a seven-game series. In the Anthony Davis trade, the LA Lakers went to great lengths to keep Kyle Kuzma. He was their one untouchable guy outside of LeBron James. However, with Anthony Davis firmly as the Lakers' starting power forward, Kyle Kuzma's production off the bench has been poor. If Kyle Kuzma was really more valuable than Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, or any of the first-round picks that they traded to the Pelicans, then they need to capitalize on that value. They're using a guy with the potential of a young star as nothing more than a role player. And if they included Kyle Kuzma in a swap, they could get more than one solid guy off the bench. The Memphis Grizzlies are currently the 8th seed in the Western Conference playoffs with a losing record. Their young core has shown the ability to beat some good teams and remain competitive with the best, so they either need to buy into this season and trade for win-now pieces, or start losing games now so that they can keep their protected pick. The Grizzlies will only get their first round pick if it is in the top 6, meaning that if they hover around where they are now, it will likely go to the Celtics, and they may or may not make the playoffs and would probably lose in the first round either way. Unless the Grizzlies believe they can push to win some more games this year with Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr., and John Morant, I would recommend that they start losing a little bit more often so they have a chance of keeping that top six pick and continuing their rebuild. Zion Williamson is scheduled to make his return for the New Orleans Pelicans in late January or early February, 
but that seems a little bit early to me for a guy who is relearning how to walk. I hope that the Pelicans are incredibly cautious with Zion Williamson's health because they can't afford for their worst nightmare to become a reality. It is not all that surprising to me that Zion Williamson has already had to have knee surgery at only 19 years old because he's the second heaviest player in the NBA behind only 7'4 Boban Marjanovic. Unless that is significantly less concerning than it sounds to me, I would recommend that the Pelicans just sit him for the rest of the year. It seems far too risky to let Zion Williamson play this season unless their experts are absolutely sure there's no risk of re-injuring his knee. The Pelicans are currently the second worst team in the Western Conference, so I kind of think they should be in full tank mode anyway. Bringing Zion back this season does not seem worth it to me at all. Right now, the New York Knicks have Alfred Payton, Frank Nielakina, and Dennis Smith Jr. all at the point guard spot. All three range from 21 to 25 years old and are on two-year contracts, so they're all tradable and could just need a change of scenery from the Mecca and the pretty broken management in general that the Knicks have right now. The Knicks definitely don't need all three point guards and are hoarding some value in that position, so I hope they mix it up a little bit there. Um, but I would like to see Frankie Lakina stay on their roster because I think he could be the point guard of our future. Coming into the season, I did not expect the Oklahoma City Thunder to be in the playoffs. I expected them to sell Danilo Gallinari and Chris Paul by the trade deadline. But with their recent success, they might decide to hold on to those guys. In 2020, the Thunder need to pick a direction, either selling those guys in favoring of rebuilding around Shea Gilders Alexander or trying to win with what they've got. Finding a home for CP3 might be hard because he is significantly overpaid, but a team like the Bucks might think he is the piece they need to get them over the hump. In 2020, the Orlando Magic need reconstructive surgery on their roster, to put it simply. Their only go-to scorers are Nikola Vucevic, Evan Fournier, and maybe the injured Jonathan Isaac, and they don't really have enough minutes to go around for developing players like Markel Fultz and Mo Bamba. Markel Fultz seems like a pretty good solution to their starting point guard spot so far. But if that is the case, he needs more than the 25 minutes per game that he's averaging. Aaron Gordon and Mo Bamba are both relatively young players with pretty high potential that could also be traded for the more go-to scorers that they need. For the Philadelphia 76ers, I feel like I could list 76 different things, but I'm going to stick with that their starting five doesn't seem to be all that compatible. That's a very general and large-scale problem, but it is something that they have all of 2020 to deal with. I think that they will find by the end of this year that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid really are not the option that they need to win a championship. While the two are great players individually, they severely limit each other in the half court, and I think that eventually one is going to have to go. The potential Ben Simmons for D'Angelo Russell swap is very intriguing, but it also might be a bit far-fetched. On paper, the size and skill of this team is pretty much unmatched around the league, and that shows in their defense, but... Their offense oftentimes looks very one-dimensional, and they end up settling for shots because their spacing is so out of whack. All of the problems that they are having with their consistency point back to this main problem of the compatibility of their talent, in my opinion. In 2020, I hope that the 76ers find whatever solution it is that is going to fix this problem of their starting five not being able to play together all that well. Al Horford's recent comments about feeling limited in the 76ers offense makes me feel more confident in saying that they're going to have to make big changes to their starting lineup by the end of 2020. The answer for the Phoenix Suns in the immediate future seems pretty simple to me. Get DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker on the court at the same time and then go from there. The surprisingly strong play of Kelly Oubre, Aaron Baines, and even sometimes Ricky Rubio makes me think that the Suns might have what they need as long as their two stars are at least active. Before panicking, the Suns need to take some time to observe their guys playing at the full capacity where everyone is healthy.
It's difficult to set a New Year's resolution for the Portland Trailblazers because most of the reason that they're struggling this year, in my opinion, is their injuries. With Yusuf Nurkic, Rodney Hood, and Zach Collins all healthy, I think this team would be much stronger. However, they still might need some wing depth to match their Western Conference Finals performance from last year. Even for signing Carmelo Anthony, the Portland Trailblazers are relying on guys like Gary Trent Jr., Kemp Bazemore, Mario Hazonia, and rookie Nasir Little to play a lot of their wing minutes. Much like the Houston Rockets, Portland could use some more 3 and D guys to surround CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. One of the most popular names and trade rumors for this season is the Sacramento Kings' Bogdan Bogdanovich. At 27 years old, he's demonstrating this season his impressive scoring ability, especially from behind the three-point line. The fear for the Kings is that if they do not trade Bogdanovich, he will walk away from the team this summer in free agency. If Sacramento lets Bogdanovich become a free agent this summer, some contender out there will undoubtedly offer him a bag that he can't refuse. Because the Kings' playoff hopes already seem out of the question, I hope that they trade Bogdanovich and capitalize on his value before it is too late. I highly doubt that the San Antonio Spurs will blow up their roster while Greg Popovich is still the coach. They're going to want to squeeze at least one or two more good years out of him while he's still there. It would go against Greg Popovich's whole tradition to just start tanking this season, but there may be a way for them to remain relatively competitive while also trading one of LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan. The older those two get, the less value they will have, which means that by the time that Greg Popovich retires, they could have close to no value at all. Cashing in on at least one of those stars before they reach their expiration date seems like the wise move to me, as much as the Spurs might not want to do. Pascal Siakam has recently demonstrated the homegrown power of the Toronto Raptors. Before the season, I picked OG Ananobi to be my MIP, hoping that he would have a similar rise. This season, in 30 minutes per game, he's only averaging 11 points per game on 12% usage, despite his effective field goal percentage being at 57%. They do have some stronger offensive weapons in Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, and Pascal Siakam, but I would like to see them go to OG Ananobi more often to prove himself, much like Pascal Siakam did last year. After the Utah Jazz signed Mike Conley and Bojan Bogdanovic in free agency this past offseason, NBA fans, including myself, were excited for the offensive arsenal they would enter the season with. Unfortunately, the Utah Jazz have not gotten as much production as we had hoped from all of their offensive weapons, especially Mike Conley. Mike Conley is averaging less than 14 points per game on 37% shooting from the field, down from last season where he averaged 21 points per game on 44% from the field. We might expect some decline from a player who is aging from 31 to 32 years old and entering an offensive system with many more weapons, but this drop-off has been severe. I still think that the added firepower around Donovan Mitchell could be very useful in the playoffs, but they're going to have to figure out how to get Mike Conley more involved and more comfortable than this. The Washington Wizards need to consider the value of Davis Bertans very closely. Like Bogdan Bogdanovich, Davis Bertans will become an unrestricted free agent this offseason, so if the Washington Wizards don't think that they can re-sign him, they should move him. Davis Bertans might be an exciting piece to see next to a healthy John Wall and Bradley Beal, but it might be too risky to hold on to him until then. The Miami Heat have shocked the NBA and taken the Eastern Conference by storm, and they have done it with Justice Winslow only playing 11 games. If the Miami Heat find a way to reintegrate Justice Winslow without upsetting their current success, they will find another valuable piece towards their run. With Giannis Antetokounmpo putting together another MVP season, the Milwaukee Bucks are undoubtedly the NBA's best regular season team. My concern is that they won't make it past the Eastern Conference Finals if they match up with the Philadelphia 76ers. Based on the Christmas Day game, when Giannis was struggling to score against Joel Embiid and Al Horford, the Bucks failed to come up with a backup option to save the game. My concern for the Bucks is that they don't have a second option behind Giannis that is good enough to win them games when they come up against big defenders that can slow down their star. The Minnesota Timberwolves have a generational talent in Carl Anthony Towns, 
But with their lack of success so far, I fear that 2020 could be the year that he wants out of Minnesota if they don't start winning games. If there were ever a time to pull the trigger on a big move like acquiring D'Angelo Russell to pair with Carl Anthony Towns, it would be now. Cat is getting closer and closer to his prime, and the Timberwolves are failing to make moves to build the team around him. If we're still looking at a Timberwolves roster by 2021 that has Andrew Wiggins on it, I wouldn't be surprised if Cat demanded a trade. Thank you all for listening to my New Year's resolutions for every NBA team in this episode of STF Solos. You can find our Instagram and Twitter in the description down below, and listen to us on YouTube as well as Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Peace.